Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the first part of this episode, we jump straight in with one of the most controversial ideas a broken-hearted woman has never had to grapple with. How can he still say he loves me after he's cheated on me? Now, relationships can be lovely and beautiful, but until you get to the right partner, they absolutely can possibly be toxic and heartbreakingly painful. And so in this episode, we're focused on the emotional aftermath and implications of being cheated on. And my guest today, Sadia Khan, the psychologist that gives it to you straight with no chasers, is joining me for this Truth Bomb episode exposing cheating behaviours and how crazy they make us. You may not like the answers, and I'm just going to be honest about that, but ultimately I'm here to try and get the truth and then use that truth as power to then be able to act in accordance that resonates with me. I'm not saying the truth is beautiful. I'm not saying the truth is going to be roses. But you can better bloody guarantee I'm going to bring people on that are going to say that truth so that we can actually start healing ourselves, gain our own peace, and of course, take back our freaking power. Now guys, if this episode brought you value, please share it with someone in your life. Please share it with either a girlfriend or your mum or your sister or just someone that you believe can actually bring value. The goal is to really impact on a global scale all women around the world so we can stop suffering with all these different things that we suffer from. So I ask you, if this brought you value, please do share it with a homie. All right, guys, without further ado, let's dive in with the badass woman and the woman who's dropping truth bombs, my girl, Sadia Khan, right here on Women of Impact. Well, I've never actually thought of it yeah, like that. I love it. You, you problem solved everything. I love that. Yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm by, by far not perfect. Like, I do not want yeah. everyone to think that I show up every day yeah. utterly confident. I don't. Mm-hmm. But what I do do is I know what it feels like to be confident. And so, like, even my jewellery, it's my way of suiting up to build my confidence. Yeah. And then it becomes, when when you work on yourself, it is a reflection of then how you show up in that relationship. Yeah. So going back to the jealousy thing, if I started to even think about being jealous, yeah. I'd be like, oh, Lisa, this is a you thing. Yeah. Now, I'm sure everyone at home right now is freaking out because I said it's a you thing. Obviously, there's going to be something, and you mentioned it earlier, yeah. that the person... Your partner can be doing things yeah, that are very clear red, red freaking flags. Yeah. So that isn't a you thing. No. That is you identifying that these are red flags. Yeah. But if there isn't a red flag, yeah. then I start to ask myself, how are you showing yeah. up? But the jealousy thing, when I've seen women completely become a different human, like they go mm-hmm. from happy, 
bubbly, they seem confident, and yeah. they're now. I've had friends who've done drive-bys, right? And what I mean by <laughs> yeah. that is like he said he was out. I'm going to drive by his apartment yeah, to see if his car's still there. Yeah. And I'm like, either you trust him or you ask him. Hey,、yeah. are you telling the truth?、Um, but this is actually a debate, and I'd love to、yeah. hear your thoughts on that. And then checking partners' phones. Yeah. What's your belief on checking your partner's phone? And so, even you said、yeah. earlier as well, you're you're insecure, secure even now. Yeah. So your partner, there's no room for you him cheating because you always like、yeah. you're always on top of that. What does that actually look like? Yeah. Okay. And is that you checking his phone?、Um, is that you checking no, his Instagram? I'm actually a big advocate against checking phones, and the reason being is I've I've had my phone checked. It's a big violation when you don't know the context. And also the other thing is, I as because I know I'm jealous. I mitigate and limit the things that will cause me pain.、Oh. I I don't look for pain because I already cause myself enough stress with that stuff. So I actually don't believe in checking phones. What I do believe instead is when you get that urge to check somebody's phone, recognize what's changed in your intimacy. Something's changed that's making you want to check his phone. Something's happened either that he's holding it differently, he's maneuvering differently, or your connection in general has changed and it's making you insecure. So if you're feeling the need to check the phone, check. On your intimacy, have that conversation first, and do all of those things. Now, if you're one of those people that really needs proof, really, really needs proof before you can do everything, what I would say is you're probably not strong enough to walk away anyway. If you're one of those people that needs red-handed evidence, you're probably going to find the evidence and not walk away. So, what is the point of doing that? Only check the phone. I don't recommend it. If you've got the strength to walk away, if you've got the strength to walk away, you shouldn't even need to check the phone. Have the conversation. But usually, what I find is the people that want to catch their partner just to show that they're not going insane, but then they don't have the willingness to walk away. Now, I think the women that have the willingness to walk away before it even gets to the red-handed conversation, you're doing enough for me to not like this relationship. You're coming home a bit late. You're hiding your phone. You're doing enough for me to want to walk away. I don't need to check the phone to. Know that this is not a relationship that makes me feel good, but the ones that don't have the willingness to walk away and don't have the strength to walk away, they need they do all these micromanaging behaviors, and that's men and women. They do that. They micromanage rather than just walk away. It's better to instead of going down that toxic route, just walk away beforehand. Well, okay. So you actually just said something that made me think. Well, what about the gaslighting,、yeah. where that? We know many men、yeah. that will gaslight women that to make them no, it's you. You're going crazy. I can't believe you're jealous. What、yeah. the right? And so they'll they'll freaking gaslight you and、yeah. making you think it's all you. So what would you do in that moment? Because sometimes you don't actually know. Like, is it me? Am I going crazy?、Yeah. Like, you start to actually doubt yourself. You know what? I I try and reserve judgment on what to do in those situations because I don't know what I would do. And this is somebody who's from a professional background. I still don't know what I would do. What I have seen people do is they record conversations between them and their partner. And the reason they record conversations is because they actually want to see am I am I the problem?、Mm. Am I doing something? And when they record the conversations and they listen back, they see an abuser, a bully, and a victim. And then they then they realize. So I do understand the gaslighting can make you want to. Look for、um, uh, for evidence, but I think better than doing looking for evidence is look for help. Either speak to somebody like a friend or somebody that you trust, or speak to a professional. Seek help first. A professional will give you an objective perspective if you are to blame or if it's them. If once you've seeked a, an objective perspective, that should give you more clarity. Going down the route of checking phones and stuff, unfortunately, it can leave you with a PTSD that you don't know how to cope with afterwards.、Mm-hmm. I've seen people who've seen pictures that they can't. Get out of their head, or they've read messages that they can't believe, and they can forgive everything else except what they saw.
So sometimes it's more damage than it's worth. So I would recommend speaking to someone first. Interesting. Okay, so sorry, I interrupted you. So how do you, I don't want to say monitor your boyfriend? Yeah. Like, No, I think the main thing I do is I check in a lot. I check in a lot and I recognize if there's any way of where we're being disconnected in any way, shape or form. I, we're always in contact or stuff like that. And that makes it very difficult for us to live separate lives. It would be very difficult for me to do anything and for him to do anything because we don't live separate lives. So I think it's that creating one life together as whilst having your independent space, but having one life together prevents anyone straying too far. Well, where do you draw that fine line then of checking in and then being obsessive? Like, where are you? What time hang on you haven't texted me back five minutes later hey where are you, you said that you're going to call me I think when the conversations are soothing, it doesn't get to neurotic. What I mean mm. by that is if you call Tom in the morning and he's at work and he's like, baby, I'm just in a meeting. I'll call you back in just an hour. What will happen is you, it can go two hours. You won't notice. But when he's ignoring you or he's like, oh, fuck's sake, can you just leave me alone for a minute? Mm. Of course, you're going to become neurotic. So I would say the fine line becomes on the context of the conversation. If it's soothing, it will never cross boundaries. But if that conversation is hostile, then it turns into something more negative. Oh, yeah, that makes complete yeah. sense. Um, I have never checked Tom's phone no, and I yeah. absolutely... Have... Has he ever checked yours? No. No, I've never had um, that. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I, I do believe if I ever feel... And it's not that I, again, have the perfect marriage, but if I ever felt the inclination to need to check it, yeah. I would go to what's wrong in your marriage yeah. that you feel like you need to check his phone in the first place. Would you place. ever check it, do you think? If it would no, ever got there? No, yeah, I, I would just don't think I, I would. I would speak to him, yeah. right? I would say, hey, babe, I have a... I have a weird feeling that I really want to check your phone because of this one text message or this one thing. Yeah. And so I... I think we need to talk about why I don't yeah. trust you right now. Like, yeah. I think I would actually say those words to him. But do you think it's because you've had a open connection around the phone? I think what happens, I always say, is mm. your phone should be available, but not necessarily accessible. What I mean by that is, babe, can you pass me my phone? Or babe, can you just check that last message? When you have that kind of relationship with each other, no one feels so much need. But when it's so unavailable and it's so hidden, mm. that usually creates that uh, worry. But one thing I have noticed, I've had this a couple of times from clients I'll have female clients that say I had a dream that I should go through his phone and I went through his phone and I found God knows what is that so weird it's your subconscious I'm sure right? yeah your subconscious is... but they end up being right from the dream but it weirdly and I hate to say this because I don't want people to start overthinking getting paranoid with their dreams <laughs> but, yeah, but unfortunately it's not necessarily that their dreams are always right but the feeling that they're getting in the dream is very much mirrored in the feelings that they're having mm. in real life so um, sometimes I have clients it's weird how women's intuition works yeah. it's scary it's freaking strong homie it's so scary it scares me how sometimes but it's really difficult because women we don't know the difference between intuition and insecurity intuition it could be just a, a it, there's some reality in that insecurity is usually past behaviors expecting your current position so intuition could be something that's never you've never felt it before but for some reason you're feeling it now that's probably an intuition insecurity is you bring this baggage with you in every relationship in every situation it's all it's familiar you do this a lot so don't confuse intuition and uh, insecurity that's fascinating i think of intuition so people, I've heard yeah. many people say, you know, it's just the gut feeling. And I'm like, but I think it's trained. Yeah. Like from birth, when someone, if you look someone in the eye and they look away, mm -hmm. over 
you know, I'm 44, like I said, over 44 years, it's taught me it all. If they look away when I ask them an uncomfortable question, mm. it means they're uncomfortable. Yeah. So there's these micro expressions that you start to pick up, but they're so micro, it doesn't necessarily seep in as a conscious thought. Right. And so think about back in the days, in the caveman days, right, mm. where women, I, I used this analogy the other day, but if you hear like a rustle in the, in the forest, mm-hmm. right, or in the jungle, it's like, it's usually, a, you know, a wild animal that's going to eat you and the family. Yeah. So yeah. if you hear a rustle, your instinct goes, oh shit, I remember the last time Aunt Jane heard the rustle and her yeah. family got eaten. So the rustle means that there's possible danger. Mm-hmm. And now what happens is you go, why do I feel like there's danger? Because your subconscious maybe heard the rustle in yeah. the freaking, in the jungle. Yeah. So I kind of think of that as being like a muscle that we've yeah. just trained in so many things, but we don't realize. Yeah. So your intuition now is screaming at you. Mm-hmm. Pay attention <laughs> because maybe yeah. it's taken in all these small micro expressions yeah. over time yeah. that maybe your partner's been given mm. that you haven't even identified as red flags. Going back to something yeah. we were talking about it's earlier, it's usually your soul is speaking to you. Yeah, what happens every time you ignore your soul and you just go by ego? You're driven by this person makes me feel good, this person makes me look good, this person is better than being alone. Your soul will kind of gnaw at you until you speak mm. to it, until you listen to it, and your soul will always tell you what's good for you and what's not good for you. And that doesn't mean you have to have a big blowout fight and you have to check their phones or anything like that. You just have to remember what's serving you and not serving you. And also, but be fair and rational. Don't assume that, because I'm so irrational, I like to be on the side of try not to... Is it you're irrational? I'm irrational, yeah. So I like to err on the side of being fair. Being fair. Are you sure this person deserves this level of scrutiny? Now, if the answer is definitely yes, absolutely, then you uh, you, you can take action. But if they don't and it's your own traumas try not to punish people for things that they didn't do or didn't cause in you all right so take me through that actual experience so you start to feel irrational how do you know this irrational? because sometimes when you feel irrational it doesn't necessarily compute in your head that you're Mm. irrational because it sometimes that emotion feels very real yeah your emotion is caused by more assumptions than realities so what i mean by that is let's say for example my partner's uh, hasn't replied to a message um i could easily start to get angry around this that and the other but the anger where's that coming from well i'm making assumptions that it must be someone's doing this someone's doing that there's more assumptions behind the emotion but if it's reality i've literally seen that a picture on Instagram where he's doing something or I've seen, then it's not really, um, then it's not an emotion. It's just a reaction to what's happening in fa- what we're faced with, the realities we're faced with. So if you don't, if you want to assess whether that emotion is accurate, ask yourself, am I making assumptions or am I reality testing? If there's more realities, then it's accurate. Oh, I love that. I'm such like a tactical person yeah. of in these moments because I don't trust my emotions. Yeah. I almost always go to like, it feels real. Yeah. At least, you know, your, your emotions always feel real. Yeah. So I'm never trying to dismiss the feeling. Yeah. I just go, okay, this feels real, but is it accurate? Exactly. And then I go to, have I eaten? Have I slept? Yeah. What time of the cycle is it? Am mm. I hot? You know, as in like warm, body temperature. One is a really important one to uh, bear in mind. Mm-hmm. It's something that we forget, but it does have a big influence on us. Yeah. Yeah. And then how do you rationalize yourself out of that emotion? Um, I usually in that moment go, you can't rationalize, <laughs> rationalize your way out. Yeah. So step back. Yeah. Like, do not react. Um, if you're writing a text, do not send it. Like, yeah. I just remind myself, this, the sober Lisa, and I call it emotionally sober. Yeah. The emotionally sober Lisa would t- tell you emotion, non-emotional, uh, emotional Lisa now to not send that freaking text. Right. So if you still feel like that tomorrow, if you still feel like this in three hours, send the text or say the thing I need mm-hmm. to say. Um, otherwise, 
Like that's how I kind of work through it. How do you cope with the emotion in the meantime? Say if you want to wait a day before you send the message, how do you remain calm in that I think it's know yourself. Yeah. So it's for me, I have to walk away. Mm -hmm. I have to shift my... um, uh, shift my emotions. So it's like, let's go listen to an empowering song. Mm. Um, maybe work out, maybe, um, draw. So I love mm. artwork. You know, some people love to meditate. So like, it's always in hindsight. Yeah. So it's like having that list ahead of time yeah. to be like, okay, where's, what's my go-to cheat sheet? Mm. Because it is very hard for me personally to get out of my emotion when it's yeah. happening. And yeah. so I don't beat myself up. Mm. And so now I just go, okay, was I um was I proud of the person I showed up to be? Right. And if the answer is no, then I go, cool, don't beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. You just you're a person who grows and improves, Lisa. Okay. So how am I gonna grow and improve next time? So sometimes it's like I had an irrational response, I reacted to it, and now it's that time frame between noticing my reaction uh, my response, mm-hmm. uh sorry, the feeling and then the response. Okay. So okay, Lisa, last time you reacted immediately, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Give yourself five minutes. Now give yourself an hour, now give yourself a day, like right, that I'm not responding. And now yeah. I can get more proud of myself as I go versus I'm not expecting uh, versus expecting perfection. Amazing. Because uh, and I'm one of these people as well. Some people just can't soothe themselves in the time between uh, having a conversation and then resolving it. They just can't soothe themselves. And um, what I try and recommend to do in that time, if you can, is write down what you're feeling, but also write down a response letter, what you wish your mm. partner would say to you. And so if I'm feeling anxious, blah, 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 write it all down what I'm upset about. What do you want them to say? Now, if you start writing what you want them to say and you realize actually there's nothing they can say because everything they're saying I'm I already know this they're right actually they do say these things I'm not listening to it in that process you'll realize if they're actually wrong or not but if it's like this is what I would like him to say and he's never said these things and he's never reassured me of those things that's a conversation that you need to have rather than just all your anxieties and all your accusations change it to what you would like him to do and what you'd like him to say and then try and relay that to him as a set of almost emotional instructions rather than just Mm -hmm. accusations they're not useful he's Mm -hmm. saying to you this is what I'm angry about doesn't actually help anyone but if I write a response letter this is what I would like you to say and then teach him how to love me properly we can actually resolve the conflict for future oh I love it teach him how to love me yeah you've got to teach everybody how to love you unfortunately we think that if I have to teach you it means that you don't love me it doesn't come naturally but unfortunately we have to teach everybody how to love us we, you, even when like somebody walks into your house you might have to say can you take your shoes off it doesn't mean you don't love each other you're just teaching each other boundaries something in love is we have to teach the partner if I like to talk to you regularly talk to me regularly if I like to know where you are and you like to know where I am let's do that if I like space give me space we teach people rather than expecting them to guess it if you own your own business when an employee leaves your company whether on good terms or bad it can feel I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal like you and you alone are the one to blame and it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether well let's face it sometimes we can do that with highs as well and trust me guys I've been there I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy but when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals which makes it the best place to hire because guys it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else and so LinkedIn does all that while making the process 
easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Is that where we're going wrong now then in the dating world where we show up to be someone that we're really not? Because I've heard you say that, um, I've got a quote of yours, that current dating is just practice for divorce. Yeah. So explain actually what you mean by that mm-hmm. and then let's break that down. Unfortunately, what's happening in our culture and particularly with the advice that we're getting in line and it's even in the form of memes and like funny things is we're learning how to kind of get over people, how to move on, catch fights, not feelings. Um, I don't take no nonsense be like this, be like that. We're teaching people how to become hard. So how to cope when relationships break down rather than how to make relationships work. So we're taught that, you know, if your man isn't answering your phone, go straight to the club. Or if your man is doing this, you make sure you find somebody else or don't this. this. It's constantly how to cope with when things go wrong. Unfortunately, we're not teaching people with how to actually create a connection. So we don't have to learn the skills needed for a divorce. So what that would look like is openly communicating what you actually want rather than being being scared to come across needy. So I had a client the other day and she was like, oh, I really like this guy. I just started talking to him, but he hasn't like asked me to see him recently or he hasn't labeled it, uh, but I don't want to look needy. And I said, so what if you look needy? Who cares? This is about your emotional needs. Now, if you like labels and you want exclusivity before you get intimate, you say that if they like it, great. If they don't like it, you've lost somebody who's not right for you anyway. You've speeded out the outcome of somebody who's potentially going to waste your time. So go in with effective and open conversation mm-hmm. if you can. Is, is it that people are worried about the rejection? Like what, what is happening right now in the dating world? People are scared to give their heart to anybody. They're so, so scared because they're prepared for somebody to hurt them. They're so prepared that somebody's going to embarrass them, hurt them, use them, that they're scared to give their heart. So in the process, they're becoming somebody that they're not. So they're becoming somebody hard, strong, doesn't want a relationship, happy to just have casual relationships. When really 
you know, from being married and stuff, there's nothing quite like having a partner in crime in life. So um, unfortunately, they're becoming a uh, their own barriers to the connection that they truly want out of life. And I don't blame them. It's not an easy time to be single. Nobody seems to be wanting connection, even though everybody's craving it. Men are craving connection. Women are craving connection. But they're not trusting each other with forming that connection. Unfortunately. So I'm actually glad that you said the men thing as well, because like, even though the show's called Women of Impact, like, it's so important to me. Like, I never want to put down men. Like, I understand there are bad men out there that have been really freaking, like, just assholes, yeah. abusive. Like, I am not yeah. ex- excusing any of that. But there are also women who have cheated on their husbands, yeah. cheated on their partners, are total bitches. Like, I, so yeah. I am just coming from how do I empower women that really want to take the control, take their power back and feel good about themselves. Like, that's what I'm all about. It's a really hard time because, you know what, uh, and this is going to sound awful, but it's almost the best time to be a bitch as a woman. It's almost the best time. Society tells society you to. Society has created the culture that rewards women who are nasty narcissistic. It rewards women who use men for money. It rewards women who uh, monetize their body and sell it because what happens in those cases, those women know what they're dealing with. They know that they've got a guy who's almost, who's a bit of an idiot. He's probably cheating on his wife to pay for my bills and this, that and the other. But I'm not going to get too emotionally attached and I get a a house and my rent paid and a car out of it. That woman is now being rewarded. Now the problem is that good woman who actually wants nothing more than be connected to a man and create a family and create a home she is now learning that that's not being rewarded by men because society has sexualized men so much and created their eyes are almost open for narcissistic women because they're the women that you know kind of are most provocative and they're always out there so that good woman is getting neglected particularly the high earning good successful women they're getting overseen unfortunately in this day and age but what i would say to them is do it for your own self-respect you might get a great guy at the end of it you might not but i promise you you will get good self-esteem as a result of staying that woman Mm. whereas when you become that narcissistic woman who's using men for money who's not attaching to them and is just learning to get her bag and use it it's fun it's great you stay protected but you start valuing junk you start thinking that relationships and men are only worthy if they can provide you with materialistic objects and eventually you start to have the wrong values in life and you end up being empty so if you are that good woman who's struggling to find a man which i understand it's very difficult to find when you are that good wholesome woman stay strong for your own value's sake don't do it for necessarily you'll get the best guy do it for you you'll be the best woman you can be through that oh i love that message so you're saying like this is a struggle for women yeah. but I do hear that there's a massive struggle for men as well and I yeah. don't I think I'm going to keep repeating I want it, us to understand men yeah. and how they think and I understand there's a lot of toxic men yeah. out there there's a lot of narcissistic men there's a lot of, of men that are abusive there's a lot of men that mm. cheat but there's also a lot of good men out there yeah. so what is their their rebuttal because I all I hear very rightly so because I'm surrounded by so many women mm. is that Lisa, there's no more good men out there. And I don't actually believe that's true because I also see these good men saying, Lisa, women are just using me. Yeah, there are plenty of good men. Here's what's happening a lot of the time with good men is because they don't make their sexual interest in women so clear, the women don't realize that they exist. They only really focus on the man that's giving them sexual attention. The man that's actually more respectful and is a little bit more shy and stuff, we kind of forget that guy. So what happens to that guy, the good guy, unfortunately, what's happening 
coming to him is because he is respectful and because he's not so sexually forthcoming and he's the type of guy that wouldn't come up to you in a club and try and get you a drink and stuff. What happens with that guy is that he starts to feel rejected. And slowly in this area, unfortunately, the era we live in, that guy that keeps experiencing rejection then turns to pornography and turns to transactional relationship because there's avoidance of rejection then. So that guy starts to then essentially become even more reclusive. So what we need to do is start rewarding the right men, just like men need to reward the right women. I don't encourage men to go for that woman who's using them for their money and who is, you know, the most promiscuous. I encourage them to be with that good woman. Um, similarly, with women, we have to start rewarding the right men, the men that want a family, the one that want to settle down. The amount of female clients I have that cheat on their good husbands that are just there to make a living, who just want to make a happy for the personal trainer who's just got more muscles and has got loads of girls, they're willing to risk it all for that guy. So we as women also need to take accountability for why narcissist, narcissistic men have such a monopoly over us. It's because they're the ones that we're attaching to. There are good guys that we're willing to step on to be with that guy that's not replying to our texts, not labeling the relationship, casual relationships only, clearly speaking to other women, clearly following all loads of types of women. Why are we rewarding that man by giving them our emotional investment? So we're creating the narcissist that we hate. Why are we doing that then? Um, I think there's a part of us that believes that we we have to work for the top kind of guy. If you want a sexy guy, if you want that kind of top guy, you have to compete, you have to work for it, you have to beat other women, you have to do that. But the reality is top men don't have the energy uh, to be with lots of different women all day, every day. That's not what makes a top man. That's not a good man. A good man is naturally, um, he's like sequential. He likes one person, one thing at a time, because if you spread yourself thinly, you're not doing anybody justice. So what happens is we think that him having lots of options makes him more desirable. It actually makes him more lazy. What we want is that guy that's more responsible and is more fulfilling of his duties because in the long run, that's the guy that shows up when we've got hospital appointments. That's the guy that will take the children to you know, uh, basketball practice. That guy that we have to work for, he won't even reply when you tell him you're sick. So why do you want him? Yeah, God. Mm. Um, I remember on my first day with Tom, he took me to like this strip mall Chinese restaurant that had like a B rating and I was like when I first showed up because I had such I was young so yeah. I was 21 I had such an expectation of what a guy should do right take you to expensive restaurants yeah. and he was just like oh I really like their food here yeah. and so as soon as I started to see how happy it was at this restaurant oh. and like the conversation we had, it actually um, flipped my mind into what I wanted from a guy mm -hmm. and so I is that like a good place to start to go like, well, who just like, again, I don't want anyone to feel like it's um, their fault, but I do like to always take inventory of myself. Yeah, so would you recommend someone took inventory of the types of guys they go for, what resonates with them yeah. and then flip it? Like yeah. what's that? What, what is it about the narcissist that had you so hooked? What is it about now? Folk, even the fact that when I have female clients that come to me and say, my ex is a narcissist, I say, we're not going to mention that word because what I want oh. to do is undo the damage that created such a toxic attachment to a man that doesn't treat you well. Forget labeling him. That actually, what victimhood does is it's almost the same emotional energy as being a narcissist. Me being a victim for the rest of my life requires the same level of self-indulgence, self-pity, self-focus as a narcissist. What I want you to do is remove that label and replace it to, I made a bad choice because at that point in time, I, and I want you to complete the sentence. And then you won't re repeat that behavior. But if you 
you just say he's a narcissist, what will happen is you re- avoid the internal reflection it takes to avoid that mistake again. So try and figure out what traits in him did you find so attractive. Maybe you like somebody extrovert. Maybe you like somebody who's um, always asking for things because it makes you feel needed. Maybe you like something. Whatever it is that you are liking, make sure you recognize it comes at a cost. Do you really want that experience again? And then try and avoid it. And I just want to make sure people really hear yep. that, Mrs. Because this is really pa- this is really powerful, like really powerful. But I want people. It's not about blaming yourself. No. It's just about identifying the things that had happened. Like just like yeah. I had said with me, right? Like I look back and I say, oh, I didn't show up to be the person I wanted to be. What do I need to change in order to do that? Yeah. So I actually, it's, I think it's probably like the focus in, thing, in right? In your toxic relationship, you described it as you having low self-esteem yeah. he would never be able to run with lisa today no so, shit no yeah, fuck no, no. <laughs> you're so right in the world is filled with bad men and bad women but if we um cultivate an atmosphere of self-reflection and self-esteem they won't enter our world so i really want people to take mm. back the control by focusing on themselves the message now is becoming even more polarizing right now with like the the red pill mo- movement mm. where guys i just heard the other day where someone told me that I try not to pay too much attention to it because I think it's all very toxic yeah Yeah, and it's just like it's just getting worse but maybe I do need to pay attention to it but like I heard where it's like someone saying that the Red Bull community now is saying well a woman that has slept with another guy is like a used car yeah and it's like what Fellas, when you're starting to like compare women who've had the sexual experience, just like you've had the sexual experience to use cars, it's like, it's just become even more polarizing. Yeah. And the thing is, it's such a stupid statement because the reality is, let's say we take an average woman and an average man and them shaming her for a body count. The reality is the woman, uh, women tend to have to reject more than they select. What I mean by that is, let's say, for example, she's got a body count of five and this guy has. When you say body count, that means how many many people they slept with. Let's say she slept with uh, eight men and he slept with four girls and he thinks she's such a slut but the reality is she might have had 28 men trying to sleep with her if she's she's still rejecting more than she's accepting you might have just slept with every woman that you had an opportunity <laughs> with so how is that a fair yeah the reality is you should instead of focusing on the people that how many numbers focus on her selection process or and his same with him if you are going to be with a man and think oh he's only slept with eight women so he's great but has he ever said no to women? If he's always accepting any energy, men and women, if they're accepting any energy that comes into place, they haven't sorted their self-esteem out. Whereas if they can be selective about who they're engaging with, then it shows that they've got a handle over who, their sexual experiences. So it's not a number. It's about the ability to turn down sex. And hopefully that should be available in men and women. Never even thought about it like that. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about women chasing men then? I don't see anything wrong in trying, but do not insist. And that's men and women. I'd say even with men, if you are trying and trying and she keeps saying no, don't, don't push it. Don't push it with anybody. There's always somebody out there that will love you and like you for you. If you have to keep insisting, unfortunately, you're going to have to keep contouring yourself to until he likes you and it's going to become exhausting. So definitely put in the effort, show somebody some interest, show them some connection, but don't chase. If you can avoid it, try and avoid it. Chasing is slightly more more convincing somebody to like you back. We don't need to do that. Mm. Oh, what about the word pursue a man? Does that yeah, make things that uh, different? What would you say is pursuing a man? Oh, um, approaching him, like DMing him, let's say. It's like, hey, I saw you on Instagram. Are you interested to I go out? I don't see out? anything wrong in that. I don't see anything wrong in that. What I do think is wrong is when you don't accept the feedback. I think if you want to pursue, pursue men, women, pursue each other. So we're living in a world where we don't need to be ch- children. But if you don't accept feedback, 
that's when it becomes negative and that's when it becomes uh, a little bit desperate. But if you take the feedback, oh, they didn't like me, no worries, you don't take it personal. But pursuing, absolutely, do what you've got to do. I don't think it should be so arbitrary, black and white. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think it should be men and women, but sometimes it's the person with the highest self-esteem that has to make the first move. It might be the person with the higher boundaries that suggests, okay, are we going to label this? It doesn't necessarily have to be the person who's most interested. Because when I think about the men that have approached me over the years, I wasn't less interested than they were in me. It's just simply I didn't have the confidence to go up to them. So I don't think it has to be so black and white. Sometimes some people are just afraid of rejection more than others. Ooh. So that can happen. That's fascinating. I yeah. love that mindset. So what is it that then that men feel like they need in a relationship and women feel like they need in a relationship? I think for women, they need to feel heard and seen. They need to know that what they're saying matters and that their presence matters. So if you're sat next to a man and he is on his phone the whole time, he doesn't acknowledge you, you're crying, he doesn't feel anything, you're happy, he doesn't show any uh, attachment to you. For women, we start to feel very invisible because we love connection. We can actually put our phone away and talk to our partner. It's not a problem for us. We love connection. So when she starts to feel unheard and unseen emotionally and physically, um, she will start to turn into a person she doesn't like. She'll become nagging, she'll become negative, she'll become bitter, she'll lose confidence. So being heard and seen is really important for, uh, for and women. And passive-aggressive, passive I think, aggressive, as well. Passive-aggressive, yeah, unfortunately, we become like that. For a man, I think what he needs is, they always say respect. That This is what the answer that men will say is that they want to be respected. What that looks like is a part of you checks in with them when, and makes joint decisions. What I what I mean by that is, babe, I'm, I've got this job offer. What do you think? Or, um, babe, we're having dinner tonight. What would you like? Just a, a joint decision making. They like to feel like they're involved in their partner's decision making and they are respected and their, their process is res respected. What they really find difficult is when all decisions are made without them, they start to feel disrespected. That's usually what they mean when they say they're being disrespected. I've also heard you say that men also like to be nurtured. They do. I, this is something they don't talk about enough. But I think just even making dinner for them and uh, getting them a cup of tea, um, I know it might sound regressive, but unfortunately, it's how they feel loved. They don't need long conversations all the time. But little things like having food is there, they automatically feel my partner thought about me when I wasn't there. And that means something to them. So I think it's something that internally, and I think it's evolutionary-wise as well, it's something that makes them feel loved. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And it's fascinating. So I heard you say that in one of your videos and I don't cook for my husband anymore. Yeah. And so after I heard your video, I literally <laughs> went to him and like, this is what I love. And I'm really yeah. hoping this video specifically with us mm -hmm. is really hoping um, to activate people to have that communication mm -hmm. with their partner. And so I said to him, I was like, babe, I just heard Sadia say mm -hmm. that men want to be nurtured. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, but I don't cook for you anymore. And he goes, I know. Yeah. And I was like, how do you feel about that? And he goes, yeah, I wish you did. And I was oh. like, I know. And I was like, but babe, I was like, I was like, well, I've really tried recently, specifically over like the last year to be more nurturing. And I said, but babe, like a week ago, we went on vacation and I unpacked for you. Yeah. And I was like, but you didn't seem to care. You kept telling me to stop. 
And he goes, but I need you, I, I'm looking for nurturing in the way that I care about. Right. And that was like Amazing. exactly with what you, what you just said, where yeah. it's like to anticipate their needs before they actually vocalize their needs. Yeah. And so he's like, my need wasn't for you to unpack. My, my needs are when I'm hungry, if food is just there, now it's like, oh my God, I feel thought of. Yeah. And I was like, even with what we're talking about, there's so many small little nuances. And so it really helped me to then solidify even more. It's a bit funny how they love being cooked for. It's so bizarre. I meet so many men and even if their sister cooks better or their friend cooks better, they want their wife to cook for them. Well, actually, I asked him that. I was like, is it actually me cooking? What if I ordered you food every single day to show up? He's like, I wouldn't care. Well, I wouldn't care as in that would be just as good. So he's just like, as long as it's the fact that you've thought about me. Even if it's just plating it sometimes. I have a need yeah. and you've fulfilled that need. Yeah. His need isn't for me to unpack. And so I was like, oh my God, it was such a big aha <laughs> moment. And so mm. I really urge people right now to, even if you think that you're doing everything mm. great, because I was like, oh, I'll unpack for yeah. him. I'll do this. I was like, oh, there's nuances even to that. Yeah. And in that then requires the communication to then articulate, is this what you mean or yeah. is this what you mean? Weirdly, I don't know what it is about food, but knowing even if it's a case of you've ordered food, but you plate it for him, I don't know what it is mm. about feeding a man that makes them feel so loved. They feel so loved by that. So I had a client not so long ago and he's been married for 10 years. And recently he went for dinner with another woman and, you know, having a potential affair. And he said, what happened is she just poured uh, the water for me and then she just plated my food. And I hadn't experienced that in so long. So it just went with, through. My, and I just thought, is it that so for some reason, there's something about it. And it's not something, I don't make the rules with it. I'm not, I know it's, there's going to be girls that say, why should we, why should I? I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying this is what translates to love for them. For something about food ready for them or you knowing what they like to eat or you plating it for them, they just feel loved. I don't know what it is. It must be evolutionary. Yeah, I love that you're like, I don't know why, but it is what it is. It Let's is just accept. Unfortunately. Um, so then help me work through them being that independent woman. Yeah. Because again, I think it's so damn important mm. for us to really live the lives that we want. And you seem really freaking independent, <laughs> right? You've got your own career yeah. and everything that you're doing so beautiful and so amazing. Um, but then how do we start to navigate being that independent person and still being um, something that our partner needs? And I've actually got a quote of yours and I was like, mm-hmm. I'd love to go down Indeed, this rabbit hole. Yeah. Um if you want that feminine masculine dynamic, you have to be the damn, sometimes you have to be the damsel in distress because men take the foot off the pedal when they know you are financially stable. Yeah. And this has been, I think, a lot of women's experience. What happens is as you become so successful and you, uh, I've never been super, super successful, but just generally you can look after yourself or whatever it is. What happens is they start to think, oh, she can do it. Oh, she, her, car, her car's broken down. She'll fix it. Or um, she's got no petrol. She'll, she'll pay for it. Or her rent is due to, for some reason, they sometimes just take the foot off the pedal when they know that you've got it. And whereas that same woman, when she's struggling, then they show up and it's because there's something in them that likes to feel like the superhero. They like to feel like they show up and you need them and they help change your world for you a little bit. Now, fortunately, when we are so independent, we don't give them that opportunity and then they get a bit lazy with us. Whereas if you show them that I'm very successful, but I still need you for this or that, be open to receiving. No matter how successful you are, whatever it is that you need receiving from, sometimes it won't be financial, but it might be that you need a phone call every morning or it might not be this, but you might need help 
with your car. Whatever it is that you need receiving from, make that clear and give it to them. Give them that role to do it because it, I promise you that they're, they're looking for it. Even if they seem lazy, it's because they've been enabled too long. So whatever it is, try your best to receive. Don't think you have to do it all. And unfortunately, when we feel like we can do it all, we'll end up attracting people who take advantage. When you are that woman that can cover every bill and can do this, and I sometimes see, I see successful women do this a lot, and they say, I want to go on holiday, so I just booked it for both of us. And I actually had an OnlyFans model not so long ago, and I won't mention any names, incredibly successful at what she does. But the problem with being hyper successful in OnlyFans is the man doesn't actually respect your hustle as much because he thinks, oh, you just, you know, take a few pictures and you make a lot of money. So she ended up paying all of his rent, his education, taking him on holidays, all of these things. And she basically just adopted a child as a result of this. And this is a strong, independent woman. It doesn't need a man. She makes maybe 100k a month. She doesn't need a man. But her desire was still to be loved in some way, shape or form. And he wasn't showing up in any way, shape or form. So what I would say is, if, if there are areas where he can show up, even if you can cover it yourself, give them that. Give them that because you deserve it. You and deserve is it specifically financial or can it be in other ways? Whatever your need is. I recommend a little bit of financial. Really? You I do. recommend a little bit. Not, not entirely dependent, but here's the thing with men. They love what they invest in. So what I mean by that is if they only invested 50 pounds into Bitcoin, they don't care if tomorrow Bitcoin goes up or down. They don't care about it. If they invested 100 grand, they're watching every day what's happening with Bitcoin. They apply that same philosophy to women. When they invest a lot emotionally, physically, resources, financially into a woman, they want to see that relationship work out. When they haven't done anything, they're lazy. That's interesting. So me and Tom have built our wealth together. Yeah. And so we have the same bank accounts. I'm sure Oprah would have a heart attack. Yeah. You know, she's always talking about like, you know, having separate bank. But we just came up together oh, wow, very really? tight. Yeah. And, um, but even now, when we go to a restaurant, I give Tom the bill to pay. <laughs> Isn't that funny that we do that? It's yeah. so and. I, again, have zero judgment on other people. Yeah. I actually like it. Yeah. I really like it. And you take care of it, babe. Yeah. And he likes taking care of it. Yeah. And it's just nice that, you know, when they check into a hotel, they do their own thing. You don't have to think for a little minute. And they like it. They like it as well. Of course, you meet the men that are, you know, that are a bit more stingy and stuff. But I just think if you are a financially successful woman, you deserve a man that appreciates that about you rather than uses you for it or rather than punishes mm. you for being that successful mm. woman. So try and look for a man who looks for opportunities to care for you back yeah because i think that that's a real key is that yeah. some people do if you're independent and i freaking love it right like i i so support women yeah. having their own financial freedom i think it's super important yeah. um but they get shorter end of the deal with men that's that's my point they it's like it. it's it, it i i would love to live in a world yeah. where a woman can absolutely have both yeah. you can crush it at work you can be your own independent woman financially yeah. and yet still have the man that respects you shows up for you and you know what's really funny what they found in studies is that men when they're with women that earn more than them they produce more cortisol so they're actually more anxious and stressed around that woman and cortisol blocks your testosterone so they're less sexually attracted as well and so you almost get the worst end of men they're almost angry around you they don't invest in you as much you don't get the best deal so be selective with that don't you don't kind of enable a man just because you're successful don't think i want to go on holiday so i'll just pay for all of us because you accept the bad habits on 
unfortunately. It's, I want to go on holiday, but when I feel like he's invested in me enough emotionally, finan- not necessarily financially if he can't, but somewhere he's shown up for me enough, then we I can cover it. But if you give it to them too early, unfortunately, they take advantage of you. Yeah, because I, I don't think I would care. Like if yeah. I was single right now and still had like my wealth, I wouldn't care what the guy was um, making that wouldn't yeah. be important to me it would be does he still want to take care of me like show up for me just like I would show up for him yeah do his 100% whatever that looks like whatever that looks like whether it's like you know if he can only cover a, a quick takeaway he does it whatever he can do is but it would be difficult if you were to god forbid ever be single it would be difficult where would you how would a man be able to you know contribute to your life I, well to be honest I would still expect him to pay for dinner yeah I don't feel like it's a um, dismissal to me as a woman. No. I don't feel like it's a degrade of me as a woman. And that's, I think, where the important line is. Yeah. So I don't think people should always think like, I don't think people should think like me. I just think, what is that thing that you want? And are you comfortable with it? Who the hell cares what other people yeah. think? So what would you say to women that want the guy to pay, but then they don't want to do the cooking and they don't want to do anything domestic? I think it, um, everything comes from reciprocation. Yeah. So it's like I would speak my needs to my partner and then I would want them to speak their needs yeah. and then would find a happy medium where mm. we're both showing each other that we care enough yeah. to show up for each other. And mm. so to me, if that looks like cooking a meal yeah. it's like and he's showing up for me I yeah. absolutely would yeah um, because there's a complaint a lot of men that come to my um for me for therapy say is I'm covering everything I'm doing everything but when I come home there's nothing in the fridge or when I come home like the house is still a bit of a mess and but I'm doing everything I've been told by the red pill community to do I've been told you've got to pay for everything and this that, and the other but she doesn't really do anything in return so I'm losing attraction and uh, so I do think sometimes if we're going to expect payment then we have to accept that their way of being loved is slightly more domestic yeah. well what i would do is say are you listening to the red pill community or mm. you listen to your wife yeah right because that's also mm. the point it's like what has your wife said that is or your partner what have they said that is important yeah. to them and if it is like i really want to stay at home with the kids um and that's important to me yeah. like i fucking respect that that you can you say that to your partner and they're like cool i got you honey i'm mm. gonna go out to work um but then I would then ask back, what is that thing that you're looking for me? Yeah. Because no rela- no relationship I can't imagine would work if it's one way. Yeah. Whatever that one way looks yeah. like, I can't imagine that would On work. On the man's side or the woman's side, it just doesn't work. Because what happens is the giver, the person who's giving, giving, ends up feeling really underappreciated. And the taker, actually, weirdly, when we take from people and don't give back, we start to dislike the person because we want to justify the imbalance. If I keep taking from somebody, it makes me feel a bit guilty. So the only way mm. to feel less guilty say he's so stupid oh he deserves it oh he's he doesn't even work that hard so we end up being hostile to the people we take too much from so that dynamic is actually not that healthy but you know in your experience of working with women do you recommend being a housewife at home or do you what have you seen honestly i really think it's whatever fulfills you and when I talk about being a housewife, it was coming from a place that it didn't fulfill me. Yeah. And what I don't ever want to do is make a woman feel like her choice is less than someone else's. No, and I agree with that. The only thing I found in my experience of working with people with therapy is when she became a housewife before she fulfilled her potential, she starts to get a little bit depressed. Mm -hmm. So when somebody like, praise be to God, the amount you've achieved, if tomorrow you had to become a housewife, um, it might be okay if you had to make that switch to 
do it if you wanted to become a mom or so because you've seen and achieved your potential. But say if you had never achieved your potential and now you're just, uh, uh, not in a bad way, but you are just there to cater to children's needs or somebody else's needs, it starts to cr- create a slow depression in women. It's just that if you, if it's itching at you and you're yeah. starting to fight with your partner and you're starting to get miserable, perhaps you've got unlocked potential that you haven't seen to yet. Yeah. And I think, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on like just resentment and contempt. Yeah. I think that is like those two things are death to a relationship. Yeah. If you start to build any resentment and to be honest, resentment to your children, yeah. resentment to your partner, mm-hmm. resentment or contempt that they go off and get to do what they want. Well, did you have that discussion in the first place? Like when yeah. Tom and I first got together again, we're not perfect at all, yeah. but he just said to me, um, if, if we're going to have children, I need you to hear I'm an ambitious man. Mm-hmm. And that means you're taking care of the kids most of the time. Yeah. Like 99% <laughs> of the time you're going to, and I just like some women actually fucking hate that shit. And I'm just like, I appreciated it. Yeah. I want to know now before I have the kids and then you disappear. Yeah. I'd rather know now to then ask myself, am I okay mm-hmm. with being the person that is staying home with the children 99% of the yeah. time? And if the answer is yes, amazing. Mm-hmm. If the answer is now, no, what am I going to do? Right. And that's where I think, again, I just like to go back to, knowledge is so damn powerful and that's where we really started this whole thing right Mm -hmm. is that when i talk about guys cheating or any of that type of thing it's like how do we as women get the the power to then make a decision that's right for us Mm -hmm. that's what i freaking care about yeah i would say that if you want to know whether a decision is right for you is even if it causes a little bit of uproar but at least you don't resent anybody then do it yeah if it's going to cause resentment to just do whatever decision if it causes resentment it's the wrong decision because resentment Mm -hmm. is almost like a frozen anger and you're almost angry at the world because you've got this resentment so any decision that can avoid like for example if you decide to you know look after your husband's mum for example she moves in with you but it makes you resent your husband resent her don't do it anything that could potentially lead to resentment remove the possibility it's always better to even feel angry resent like a bit hostile that's better than feeling resentment Mm. because it's hard to undo resentment what do you think about then contempt it's even worse unfortunately because it is the biggest predictor of divorce because what it is is almost mocking your partner's feelings and a feeling of disdain and distaste towards their feelings so if they say something something you kind of roll your eyes and they almost become your like source of hatred now the what what kind of can undo contempt is taking a bit of perspective what happens is we start to build contempt with people whose perspective we refuse to understand if i see my partner's coming home late every day and i just build resentment and contempt towards him i'm obviously going to hate him but if i realize he's coming home late every day because He's got a good job and he pays for the kids' school fees and it enables me to live. My contempt turns to compassion. So if you really have a lot of contempt towards your partner, try and get perspective. Did they mean to be disrespectful? Did they mean to be hurtful? Or was their intention quite pure? If you can understand the intention was good, you'll end up removing the contempt. Yeah, wasn't there a study where it's like, uh, was it the Gottman Institute? Yeah, they're, where they, they're the best, right? Then they like switch off the audio or something yeah. and they, they had these couples come in and just by their body language, yeah. the way they were turned, the eye roll, the, yeah. the, the tilt, the, the, the head moving around, yeah. they could literally tell why it was like 80%. They could accuracy. predict your divorce just by you having a little discussion and 
partners that stay together, they allow their partners to speak. There's a level of admiration and respect for what their partner has to say and they listen. Um, whereas the ones that are definitely going to be divorced, every time their partner starts talking, they start to have, you can feel like the hostility rise. They start to roll their eyes. They almost want them to say something stupid like, oh, you mispronounced that, guys. Guess what he said? They look forward to mocking their partner. If you're in that kind of relationship, um, Try your best to undo that, especially if you are the person that's doing the mocking, because it's it's disrespectful to your relationship overall, not just to your partner, to your relationship. And I love that you just broke that down because I do think it's important because I don't think contempt happens overnight, right? No. It's that slow building block. Yeah. Like one day after the next. I always had to clean up. I always had to pick up the towels in the bathroom. I always had to do this. I. It's slow and steady contempt that builds up. But if we take perspective and we just have to ask ourselves the question, did they mean to do this because they hate us or did they? it was just human error? And if it's human error or it can be explained by anything other than hatred, try and err on the side of compassion rather than contempt. Because, for example, I'm sure Tom, there's nights where he's constantly working and stuff, but it's not coming out of lack of love from you. It's literally there's a purpose. Similarly, there might be times where, you know, they drop something on the floor. It's not on purpose. They think, oh, Lisa will just get it. It's more just, like, oh, completely forgot about it. But if, it, if you can find an excuse for your partner's behavior, try and look for the excuse if you can. As long as you're not enabling, try and look for a positive excuse. But I love the signs because I don't think some people even realize they have contempt for their partner. And I don't think people realize that their partner has contempt for them. Yeah. Well, how you know is that something simple request turns into a fight. It might be like, okay, change the channel. I'm not watching this. And it turns into a huge fight. Or uh, can you come with me to my mom's? It turns into a huge fight. When things have a disproportionate response, there must be contempt and uh, resentment. So you judge it by the response to the cause of the situation. That's so (laughs) strange. I literally could sit here and talk to you forever. Where can people find you and just all the amazing work you're putting out? Oh, now? thank you. It's at Sathya Psychology on YouTube, Instagram and TikTok. I also have a Patreon where I answer questions and release some exclusive content and you're most welcome to join that as well.